This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, it's been about, what, four years now since uh, Alberta's controversial impaired driving law took effect, which went beyond, obviously, we got the criminal code threshold of 0.08, but it implemented a, a threshold of 0.05 and allowed for uh, roadside uh, punishment, essentially, to, to be administered, where um, a reading of that level could get your license and your vehicle uh, suspended. And at the same time, though, for those who were facing criminal charges, it also imposed, well, essentially an indefinite suspension. That if you were criminally charged with impaired driving but not convicted, uh, your license would be suspended until your case was resolved. And given what's happening in the courts and the clogs and delays, that could be literally months, several months. And that's punishment then before you've even been convicted. So there were certainly controversial elements under that law. And I think some of the controversy has died down from when it first was introduced, but it doesn't mean that those issues go, went away. And in fact, these issues were the subject of, of a court hearing this week that suggested the province overstepped its authority and created numerous problems by imposing this law. Joining us uh, to talk more about this uh, case, Nathan uh, Whitling joins us. Uh, he's a defense uh, lawyer with uh, Liberty Law based in Edmonton. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right, so you were involved in this case. Now, you're representing, uh, I think it was five different people. Is that right? Yes, these are all individuals who were charged and who were subject to the suspension. Okay, so that's the, the one I'm referring to, where once you've been criminally charged, your license is essentially indefinitely suspended then until your matter is resolved. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the unique aspect of this Alberta legislation. I think Saskatchewan actually has the same thing, but um, no one else has it. The unique thing about it is that the suspension only arises if and when the driver is charged with a criminal offense and it it is indefinite it doesn't have any clear termination point except that it will end whenever the criminal prosecution ends so if someone pleads guilty very quickly and the prosecution ends quickly it could last you know no more than a number of weeks but if someone has the temerity to insist upon their right to a fair trial and to maintain their innocence um, it, it could easily take well over a year before the matter gets heard and the person is suspended from driving in the meantime. Interesting. And so you're arguing then that that is almost coercion of an accused, pressure to plead guilty. Uh, that's, you know, that's exactly the word we've used, coercion. And uh, there's a decision of the Supreme Court of Canada last year which used the same word where there was a driving suspension in the same Alberta statute which coerced people to to pay debts that were extinguished by bankruptcy. This one's worse because it coerces people into pleading guilty to criminal charges. And uh, obviously once those types of pressures start to be put on the criminal justice system, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms uh, engages. And um, there were just all sorts of concerns uh, created by this law in our view. Could it have been a, a fixed suspension that uh, that the, the province could have said if you're criminally charged, that means a, a four-month suspension or something along those lines? Or is part of the issue here that we're punishing people before they've been convicted of anything? That That is part of the issue, but, uh, but you're absolutely right that uh, they could simply impose fixed-term suspensions. And indeed, that's what the law was prior to 2011. And that, that uh, type of system has been upheld as okay repeatedly by the courts, including the Alberta Court of Appeal and the Supreme Court of Canada with respect to BC's version. Um, 
and you know when you have a suspension that's just going to continue until a certain fixed termination point and the outcome of the criminal proceeding doesn't matter doesn't affect it well then you have two completely independent systems and that's okay but when the provincial system starts to you know attach itself to a criminal prosecution and try to influence its course and its outcome that's where the constitution uh, uh, arises. I recall when, when this law was introduced, and one of the, the arguments that the, the government at the time put forward was that this was akin to, to bail, that if someone is charged with a serious crime, uh, a judge can determine whether or not that person should be free until trial. Uh, and if a judge determines someone should not be free, that person's going to be held in custody, and that person might yet still be found not guilty at trial. Is is there a parallel here? Yeah, very much so. And um, And in fact... A driving prohibition can be imposed as a bail condition. So a judge can say to someone, if they're a menace on the road, look, as a condition of you being released pending your trial, you're going to be prohibited from driving. But but the difference, of course, is that you have an actual independent judge considering all the circumstances and all, all sorts of different considerations. Uh, and, and it's reviewable every so often by that judge if there's a change in circumstances. But this provincial suspension kicks in automatically. And there is a limited right of administrative review. I don't think that review is of great significance. But uh, subject to that, it applies to everyone on a blanket basis. It can't be reviewed and it can't be lifted. It uh, remains in place until the prosecution ends, whenever that might be. So it's a lot. It, it kind of acts like a bail condition, but it doesn't have any of the protections that the Charter requires with respect to bail conditions. And, and I mean, to that end, then, is there a jurisdictional issue here? Is the province overstepping its own jurisdiction and getting into to federal jurisdiction then? Yeah, so that's what we argued. I mean, the argument is, look, the, the federal government has already enacted the criminal code, and it deals with the types of conditions that can be imposed pending the outcome of a criminal prosecution, including, for example, driving prohibitions uh, as a bail condition. And the criminal code says, here's the way those things have to be imposed, and here's the procedures that have to be followed. And Alberta essentially stepped into that that realm and deleted all the requirements that are in the criminal code and replaced it with this automatic blanket system. And the whole idea, it appears, under this system was to try to get people to plead guilty sooner so that Alberta would save money on the costs of expensive criminal trials. And uh, that's where Alberta, or Alberta exceeded its jurisdiction, in my opinion. Right. So given that, that getting drunk drivers off the road is a laudable and understandable goal, that doesn't, in your view, save the law in these shortcomings? No, nobody, nobody disputes, of course, the importance of fighting impaired driving. Uh, but, but this particular aspect of the law, that is taking this suspension and attaching it to the criminal prosecution, that in and of itself really doesn't serve to curb impaired driving or to prevent impaired driving. That particular aspect of this law only serves to get people to plead guilty sooner, including innocent people potentially, so that the province can save money on the costs of, of administering the court system. So it, this falls within a scheme that deals with impaired driving, but this particular aspect of it really doesn't fight impaired driving at all. It just isn't, it's designed to save money. All right, so when are we going to get an answer, do you think? Well, uh, you can never really predict when uh, a court of appeal might decide to render their decision. Sometimes they take uh, quite a while, a number of months. Uh, this is, a, I would say, a fairly complex case, so um, I can't really give you much of, a, of an estimation other than it would probably be a number of months before they are able to give us a decision. 
Interesting. And by the way, too, and, and I know the, that the B.C. law has been tested in court and there were parallels drawn between Alberta's law and B.C.'s law, but obviously some, some differences as well. So why does B.C.'s law hold up in court, but you, you don't think Alberta's should? Well, because the, the B.C. law uh, is one of these fixed-term pro, uh, driving suspensions. So if you are, are caught impaired driving... In BC, you'll get, I believe, it's either a three-month or a six-month driving suspension, and it doesn't, and that is not affected by what happens in the prosecution. There might not even be a prosecution. Uh, if the prosecution lasts a year, well, the suspension is still 90 days. If the suspension, I'm sorry, if the prosecution lasts only three weeks or a month, well, the driving prohibition is still 90 days. So it's completely independent from the criminal prosecution, and it's, it's, it's the impact of, of the criminal prosecution in Alberta that really creates the problem. All right. Very interesting. Uh, Nathan Whitling, thanks so much for joining us here today. appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Nathan Whitling, uh, a defense lawyer based in Edmonton, representing five uh, accused individuals in this case arguing that this law is uh, unfair and, and that the province exceeds its uh, jurisdiction here. So this is not necessarily on the, um, on the point zero five, right, in, in the roadside justice being administered, where the police officer makes the determination that uh, you are to be punished with the uh, suspension, etc. This is for those who are criminally charged, and then you have the indefinite license suspension. Now, that creates a disincentive to go to trial. It's tough to go to trial as it is. It's expensive to go to trial. It takes a long time to get to trial. And so people who are, are going through that already have enough that, that they got to deal with. Uh, according to one story, of the cases that do go all the way to trial, more than 20% end in charges being stayed and the license being returned immediately. Now, this would be less of an issue, obviously, then, if, if uh, an accused were able to get to trial quickly. That's not the case. So you've got an instance where somebody pleads guilty and the matter is resolved as opposed to somebody who decides to take it to trial and maybe is even found not guilty and yet has to deal with several months of being unable to drive. So I think that is a legitimate concern. And as Nathan says, there, there are ways the province could have mitigated that but chose not to. Obviously, we've got a new government, not one that was inclined to change any aspects of this law, but maybe uh, one that's less beholden to it and perhaps willing to make some changes, depending on how this ruling goes. 403-974-8255 is the number. We're going to take a break. Come back. Got some time for your calls and your texts. Some other news to get to as well. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.